summon your life from eat, sleep, suplex, retreat, unstrap, please! What's happening everybody and welcome to this, another episode of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, live, 14 stories high in Glasgow, we are taking a pit stop today on our road to Wrestlemania, bringing you some excellent chat, debatable banter and Dave. (laughs) (laughs) I am your host this week Stephen Wilson and joining me is... Uh, panel similar to last week, plus Dave. <laughs> First, he's, he's calmed down ever so slightly after last week's disappointment, so much so that we've had to keep him very far separated from Dave. It's the fury of Fife, it's Nathan Fisher. Hi Stephen, yes, slightly less furious than last week. Got paid today as well though, so all good. <laughs> I'm a good mood. That's why he looks a bit happier than he did at the end of last week's show, but Nathan, thanks for coming back again. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and to his right, he's been known as Veronica's least favourite child. He's been known as the set-piece king. He's been known as the jobby jobber. But from today and only today, he will be forever known as the ESSR champion. It's last week's quiz runner. Ross McLeod. Yes, and we found out later on that I get an extra point, and so did you, Stevie, because Dave was a bit pedantic with his answers. <laughs> Turns out it was New York. <laughs> yes, the backlash from last week's quiz is coming yes, you sit there to the fore. Your time will come. <laughs> and to Ross's right, he will. He is known simply as the Scottish Big Dog. I don't do it quite the same as other people. It's Alan McLucas. What's happening? How's it going, Al? I'm good, mate. You? Yes, very good, very good. Glad to be back in the hosting chair this week. And finally on our panel, so maybe maybe a surprise at this point that he's here because I mentioned him about twenty times. Surprise, he's not walked out. <laughs> it's the king of kayfair, the modern day butcher rager, <laughs> hailing from New York City. It's David Hockney! I'm getting a lot of heat right now. This is uh, this is uncalled for right yeah, here. It's, it's technically not New York, Stevie. It's Unionville, New York. <laughs> See, what is with all the backstage heat going on here? I mean, I, I tried to be a fair, impartial quiz master last week. So, what's going on? Fair and impartial, but a bit pedantic as it said <laughs> well but that's that's just that's just me i am pedantic so that's just yeah <laughs> that's just me deal with it in all seriousness guys good to have you back on the show again this week yeah it's good to be back yep yes this is eat sleep suplex retweet if you're listening for the first time what's took you so long uh, we are on facebook and twitter as well as instagram if you take pictures of wrestling that's suplex retweet again join in the debate we are on until 7 p.m uh, so Tonight, we will be discussing best comebacks in wrestling. Yes, we're taking a pit stop on our road to WrestleMania to discuss some great comebacks, as it is Easter, and it's the time of comebacks, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Christianity reference, love it. What comeback, though, to be fair. (laughs) Stephen Louch is listening somewhere in Larbert. I'm thinking, yes, that's my idea. I'm claiming it. 
Yeah, so comebacks, guy. Uh, for those of you who are maybe a bit fresh to wrestling, you maybe don't have an emphasis on what the comeback means to wrestling. That's what we're going to start off today's uh, show with. We're also going to go through the panel, and the guys will discuss their opinions on comebacks. So, guy, the comeback major tool in wrestling. It's a point where we get guys who have been injured away for the time, going to TNA. WCW, all these type of things in wrestling history, the comeback is big, it's the time where they get out there and the fans see them for the first time in potentially a long time, usually it pops, sometimes we get a Summer Rae reaction. <laughs> or an Eva Marie reaction. <laughs> <laughs> but even when you got that generally, so. Mm, yeah. Guys, I'm going to start off today's going by just going around you something. How good a tool is the comebacks and just the, the theatre that is sports entertainment? Just go around, so let's get the discussion on this one. I think the the raw after mania sort of comeback it is expected, but at the same time, because it's a hardcore group of fans, it's still you still get a big pop. But I think it's more effective if it's someone who's been away for a good while, like mm-hmm. you know Ziggler being away for six weeks and then returning for a minute and thirty seconds in the rumble. Mm-hmm. It's an example of a very bad comeback. You know, it needs to be used to propel someone. Mm-hmm. Use the reaction they get. Don't just let it die out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah, the, the comeback. You know, it's. It's it's quite it can be probably the most pivotal point in a person's career. You know, they, they could be sort of uh, somewhere in the mid card, for example. They get written off, say, with injury or whatever, and if they come back months down the line, and say if they're a fan favorite or even just like a a really big heel, they could get propelled straight into the main event scene if they wanted, or they become a very sort of notable star. So it, it definitely is. Uh, it's it's not just a comeback; it's pretty much a career rejuvenation, as mm-hmm. it were. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a case of. Absence makes the hard grow fonder, especially through examples, which I'm sure we'll discuss today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the type of thing like Ross has brought up on the, the Raw and SmackDown after WrestleManias have uh, brought forward uh, that idea. While I'm talking here, I quickly realised I've done a Dave and forgot about our EP to my right here. <laughs> <laughs> it's the curse of being the host of the show, that's what it is. Yes, yeah, Quacko's here. <laughs> Hey! <laughs> <laughs> that is that is an example of how the pop should not go. <laughs> Next week I want pyro. I want smoke for my interest. Well, what is happening next week actually? Yeah. <laughs> We're off topic. I've already went off topic slightly because I did a botch on a David. I'm now going to call it. <laughs> so basically, they're just going to call it Davamania now. No, you're not at that stage. <laughs> Not bought. So yeah, the, the comeback is a great tool. I, I, you find it's, uh, it's, it's it's been something we've seen in wrestling for so long, but it's these u- things now. WrestleMania is seen as comebacks. You get it at the pay per views, uh, Raw, SmackDown after Mania. It's emphasized them so much because we kind of we're, we're, we're leading up to it. You kind of think, is he going to come back? Is he going to come back? Past times you maybe didn't get that, but there's been so many throughout history. And for the next hour and a half or so, we're going to try and go through some of these great comebacks. Guys, have you, you, I assume you've got a, li- a list as long as anything here. We've this got, is the list of Jericho. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, we've got a list of Jericho length list here. So it's, uh, but yeah, plenty to go through. Spoiler alert for the rest of the podcast. He may be mentioned a few times. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to go round here. I'm going to stop trying to crack jokes and get on with talking. <laughs> Nathan, kick us off here tonight. Best, some of your best comebacks. What are your first of your best comebacks? First of all, I'll do, I'll do my best first. Certainly my favourite moments last year. I'm just going to get straight into it. was the Hardy's return at WrestleMania mm-hmm. last year. I was at... When I watched WrestleMania last year, I was uh, at the committee rooms in Glasgow, here in Glasgow. 
Our own Andy Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> we covered that last week, but our own Andy Mitchell is a video of us all going absolutely mental when the hardest came out. I mean, the roof almost came off the place. Mm-hmm. And it's one of my favourites just because it was a mix of nostalgia for us that, I mean, I'm so glad they used their old music. I mean, just that instant hit, mm-hmm. like the music coming on, set the scene. And it, like going back to the video that Andy did, did when WrestleMania was, well, WrestleMania last year, I was doing my final year uni exams. Obviously a very stressful time, especially when you go to an esteemed institution as the University of Glasgow. <laughs> and then... Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then... Uh, I remember watching that video over and over and, you know, it just made me smile because it's what wrestling's all about. You know, like moments like that. Just bring it all back, like nostalgia. You know, I was happy for them to be, there, to be back in WWE as well because I was a big fan of them being there first there and they're actually there run, so... Yeah, many things, but I love it. It was a really good one for me. Just to give a bit of clarity for anyone who didn't watch WrestleMania last year and maybe didn't know what happened. Again, I don't know why you would know what's happened. It was everywhere online. Uh, But Hardys had been away for, um, well, Jeff had been away for about was it about eight years or something? Yeah, yeah eight for years, yeah. Matt, maybe about five or six. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's one of the ones that have been talked about for a while because we all kind of seen that they were away from TNA. And I think it's fair to say that going into that, towards the end of 2016, the Hardys were probably as hot as they'd been for many years. I think that's fair to say. I think it was I think it was the fact that Matt eventually got over the popularity yeah. of his mm-hmm. brother Jeff mm-hmm. and the fact that or brother Nero. Or brother Nero. Or <laughs> bro- brother comma Nero, as they need to call him now. <laughs> but it's, at the same time, they were in Ring of Honor the night before, so there was still that lingering doubt, will they stay in Ring of Honor? Because they were still having great matches with the Bucks of Youth and, you know, <laughs> the brothers of Briscoe. And, you know, they were they were tearing the house down every night there. So it was a, it was a surprise, but not a surprise at the same time. Yeah, it was kind of... I think the kind of thing, I thought, to me personally, kind of added to it was the fact they were at the Ring of Honor show was it the night before? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They'd fought that ladder match with the, the Bucks of Young. Young Bucks, of <laughs> course. Uh, stellar match the other night at U Japan, by the way, but that's for a different type of conversation. Oh, yeah, uh, mm. But uh, it was a brutal ladder match, I think it's fair to say. And to then come out the next night and be at WrestleMania. To do another ladder match as yeah. well. I, I think it was a slightly less physical ladder match. I oh, think yeah. it's fair to say because there were so many teams. I mean, the, there and the Bucks tore the house down at the Ring of Honor the night before. Dave, you should probably watch that. Uh, there is other wrestling going on in, in the world. <laughs> I will, I will no, not. I've heard good things about that ladder match. It's uh... no, I have to slow up for Dave here as well. I didn't watch that match either. So I was kind of... Uh, 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 Do you know what I really liked about that comeback though? They weren't even at the arena when the show started. Yeah. Like they were yeah. driven from their hotel yeah. to the arena like, um, like maybe about about an hour into it it was during the show they they, they, they showed up during the show it wasn't like it was quite smart in WWE because they know if they'd arrived before it if they arrived with everybody else then they would think ah they're going to be on the show I quite Mm. like the fact that the New Day came out in full gear Ready and to go, yeah. Ready to go, and it's like, oh yeah, the UD. They took about, yeah, sorry, on you go. No, the UD are going to come out. It's like, oh yeah, they've hosted it. It's expected, you know, they're the only real team who could be in this one from the Raw roster at that point in time. And then the Hardys came out, and it was just like, wow. Oh. And they, they actually started Kofi and that, or started walking just at least a couple of steps down the ramp, and then that's when the music hit. Yeah. That was the best shock factor moment of it. I think it was also like Subo, where it was a ladder match, one of their signature match types. Which they were famous for, obviously. It's like you, you, can, you can't have a, a good ladder match without the Hardys, oh, yeah, right? Absolutely, yeah. Oh, it's a staple match of theirs, man. It would even better for Dudley's who came out after it, but <laughs> that's a bit too much nostalgia for one night. Uh, moving slightly off about what the WrestleMania did, how did you think they fear their, their tag team comeback went? Did you think kind of that was obviously the peak of it? Did you think it kind of 
tailed away. That that was always going to be the peak of it because it's the biggest arena, it's the biggest shock, you know. But the series with Seamus and Cesaro up to I think Great Balls of Fire mm-hmm. was amazing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it got a bit delayed with Jeff getting injured and Matt kind of floundered till they got the the license for the broken gimmick. But mm-hmm. I don't think you can say it's not a success. Like, it's not it's not Dudley levels bad. That was that was oh, just yeah, tragic. Was, oh yeah, they were losing on superstars to Zack Ryder and Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> <laughs> They're not even a team, and they beat the Dudleys. Mm-hmm. Sheamus and Cesaro are the stellar 2017, I think, yeah. and yeah. that rivalry with the Hardys helped to put them over yeah. a bit yeah. extra than they were. Over! <laughs> For Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, uh, I'd, I'd call it a good comeback, because, you know, like Ross mentioned, you know, the feud with the bar was uh, was probably a, a good uh, way to sort of come, up, come back out swinging. I think there was a lot of untapped potential, uh, because obviously there was still... The broken gimmick uh, rights were still up in the air, and I think everybody was just waiting for the moment where the the broken universe would come into effect. But unfortunately, that's when Jeff's injury kind of derailed it a bit. But I think he's he was seen in Raw this week, so he's uh, or backstage. So I hope the broken universe comes pretty quickly. It was a good mix of uh, broken gimmick references and obviously old school Hardys, which pulled everybody in. I think, and I think to many people, it's one of the best comebacks in recent history. And it's, mm. Only fit, and that's how we kick off our best comeback show. So, I thanks mm. Nathan for that one, Ross, or should I say, Champ? <laughs> I, I will be revered, referred to as Sir from now on. <laughs> Ross, what's your what's your first best comeback? Well, I'm sitting next to Alan just now, and we're we're hugging tightly because we we have the same one. It's the greatest wrestler of all time. It's it's my Dwayne, my Rock, my <laughs> <laughs> the He's Rock. Ours. He's ours, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, his comeback in 2011 to host WrestleMania 27, you know, people have mixed reviews of how The Rock after the comeback was, but they done everything to hide that review as I see Alan deleting The Rock's comeback for his list after he stole it. <laughs> You've got about 40, I had, a, I had Let, three. Let's be honest, it wouldn't be a show without Ross mentioning The Rock. Yes. And he got in there first. Oh, damn right. <laughs> It's going to be a recurring theme for many months when Ross and Alan are both on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to talk about rock first? Next, next week, if Alan's on, he'll just yell, Rock! Just to start the show. <laughs> no, but uh, the Rock's return, it was the... The speculation was there, and then Rock teased it with a wee, a wee photo on his, uh, his Twitter or his Instagram at the time. And then they had the moment the limo pulls in, and there was rumours of Stephen McMahon to dampen people's sort of, sort of expectations. And then you see the woman coming at the limo, and then the entire the entire arena went dark, and you thought maybe it's Jericho, and then that music just hit, and everybody just went absolutely. I jump off my couch. I never heard yeah. the it's cooking. I jump off my couch. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was shivers thinking about it. Yeah, exactly. Actually, yes. I was I was seventeen at the time, so my voice was still a bit oh, sort of, <laughs> and that was a big girly girly pop, and I. It was one of my favourite things ever. Just gushing out of here. <laughs> I think the best thing about that rock return was, as you said, it was so unexpected. Mm. He was really hitting his peak as a Hollywood megastar. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, he'd appeared a few times in, in the past, yeah, a few like, years before that, just as VTs type yeah. thing, you know, on the screen. It was a Vince <clears throat> Appreciation Night he did a wee thing yeah, then yeah. as well. But it was kind of like the, he's, he's not going to come back, he's not going to see him full-time in the ring again, well, full-time to an extent. Yeah, because he, he turned down WrestleMania 21 match, he mm. turned down appearing at WrestleMania 24 after being at the Hall of Fame, he turned down being on Raw to like, say goodbye to Ric Flair, 
mm-hmm. like he was backstage but he wasn't he, he chose not to go on screen because he felt it would hamper it and then I remember nearly greeting because that December before he gave an interview and he basically just said it's over for me I loved my time wrestling I'll always be the rock but I'm, I'm an actor now mm-hmm. and then not two months later the music hits and he just comes out ripped to shreds bald head glasses on and he just mm-hmm. it, it was, say what you want about Sammy's promos from when he's came back that was a classic 1999-2001 rock promo yeah totally Alan do you, can, do you agree with what Ross says in that type of thing as a fellow rock Absolutely. appreciation um, I'm getting the shivers in the back of my mind just thinking about it um, I like Ross screamed like a little girl when he returned woke up the whole house I'm um, pretty sure my dad thought we were being burgled but I didn't care because the great one was home um, so <laughs> <laughs> Ding! <laughs> Love it. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, I'm not really going to go first, but uh, all that, you know, I agree. Um, for me, it's the greatest. I mean, to set to, to non rock lovers, <laughs> such as used to, uh, Rock's return was kind of tainted by 2013. To me, anyway, the fact that. The fact they fought Cena again, I didn't like that whole idea, you know. No, but yeah. yeah. But as a general moment, I mean, the pop. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked in the past how important that pop is. I mean, yeah. we talked about it in the Austin podcast, how big that pop was when he came out with mm-hmm. Mankind, the Mankind winning the title. And the pop that night was great, just like, there's the rock. It's mm-hmm. unreal, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rock's the type of guy, he's made a few comebacks, uh, a couple of comebacks. I mean, I don't know. Do you have any other rock comebacks on your list before I cut these off? I do. Oh, I won't talk about them in full of them, but he's made a few comebacks. But because that one was so shocking, I think that was the one that kind of drew people in. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he made a sort of brief appearance in 2004 because after he left in backlash, oh, uh, after yeah. backlash yeah. 03 when he lost to Goldberg, uh, he was off away filming. What was it the Scorpion King? No, Scorpion King was his first. Was All right. His, I think it was like the rundown. And yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, he came back in like 2004. <clears throat> Uh, to I think it was to do a SummerSlam no, he came, segment, he, or was that uh, he fought at WrestleMania 20? One of the most underrated matches I think in WrestleMania history was when he teamed with Mick Foley for the yeah. Rock Sock Connection yeah, that, Evolution. That that's a WWE style match. It was over the top. It was funny. It was legends mixed in with up and comers like Batista and Randy Orton. And I think as much as I hated it in 2004, it was like it was the best thing for Evolution to win. Yeah, because Batista and Randy Orton then had that in their CV. We beat the Rock and Mick Foley at WrestleMania. I mean, it was I kind of liked that idea. I mean, you just kind of talked about it when David hosted the best and worst WrestleMania shows that they having part timers on the shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one of the really early matches on the card, so they didn't really steal the spotlight away from the likes of yeah. the guys in the main event. You oh, know, that's the, right. Yeah, the top tier stars. Mm-hmm. They they knew the where the, they were doing, and they put over the stars at that point in time. And yeah. mm-hmm. Batista and Randy Orton. But uh, yeah, The Rock, it, it was a great staple yeah, on that one. It was like third match of the night as well, so it was actually pretty early on. Wasn't for Mafford, it was about fourth or fifth. Yeah. Uh, it was somewhere in the middle, because I uh, remember the I US title was first, then it was Jericho and Christian. I think after that it was... Tag titles, I think. Was after tag titles, that was it. Sorry, that's the one I'm there, forgetting. There was two Fatal 4 way tag titles. I don't think MD would pod against you for forgetting either one of them. They were no. super forgettable. <laughs> Rikishi and Scotty Too Hotty won one of those matches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was dying. Scotty Too Hotty has got a win at WrestleMania. <laughs> a good Scott, unlike my Scott, the Bart Gunn of the McLeod. <laughs> 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 Hi, Scott. <laughs> It's, it's, it's Scotty Too High had a rough run in Royal Rumbles mm. from oh, my, watching them back. So he'll get taken out about three years in a row. He oh, never made right. it to, uh, he's got Curtis Axel beat for that longest run. No, he, came, <laughs> he, he got done in by uh, was it Undertaker oh, and Kane was, one oh, year. Nice. Right. And then Mohammed Hassan the following year. I think Hassan got eliminated. Scotty came out and Hassan just attacked him. 
Yeah, after Hassan got eliminated by everybody. Yeah, literally everybody. Anyone get more thoughts on The Rock 2011 return? Um, well, I, mean, I don't think we'll get along enough. I think, <laughs> well, I think, well, just sort of if I can throw my two cents in. Um, I think WrestleMania 27, you know, it was looking pretty weak already, so it needed a yeah. big boost of, uh, a big electrifying boost of energy, and, you know, getting The Rock to host it, I think that was the mm. what sold the tickets for yeah, WrestleMania was, that yeah, year. Definitely a, definitely a business boost. Mm. Uh, certainly, um, I hated seeing it at the time. So although I kind of soured towards his return towards like 2013, when he first came back, kind of started slagging Cena, I was like, mm-hmm. good man. But yeah, uh, and then the next night where they set up the WrestleMania 28 match, I think yeah. that sort of made you sort of watch the whole year as it unfolded. Yeah, no. But I think obviously the downside of that is because um, you plan so far in advance, you don't take <clears> into account things like uh, injuries, mm-hmm. who could be the champion at the time. And then of course, that's when CM Punk and the pipe bomb sort yeah. of changed everything. But well, we didn't really because Cena Rock still main evented and CM Punk went on second to last, mm. which is a bit of a, a shame, really. Before we move on, best moment of WrestleMania 27, Rocky May Young interaction. Yes. Priceless. Amazing. One last thing. So we were talking about, uh, obviously, WrestleMania 27 doing that poor. Austin and Rock have minuscule roles in that WrestleMania. One's mm. a guest ref, one's a host, and they're both on the poster and they're both prominently featured. It's a good moment with A2 as well, actually. Yeah. Before, yeah, before, that was before, a highlight. Before May came in. Old school yeah. confrontation backstage. Mm-hmm. Excellent. But thanks for us, and thanks for bringing Rock into our lives again. You're welcome. <laughs> Evolution Rock and Sock Connection. Match four of the night that night. WrestleMania yeah. 20, by the way. So, David, you were close. I'll give you it. However, it's not the right. So, you're wrong. You don't get any points. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, what's your, what's your one? I know you've been trumped by Ross on the Rock moment, but what have you got for us? I do have another rock woman. Um, the opening for WrestleMania 30. Right. With Austin and Hogan. Mm. Oh, Because yeah. I was in my pal Scott's house. I hope he's listening. And uh, we were kind of joking. If Hogan comes out and then Austin comes out, Stunner Sam, then The Rock comes out and lays him out. And it started happening. All of them, the actual fighting bit. But um, and to kind of quote JR, that's three the top four of all time. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that. Um, I think the only person that's missing is Ric Flair. And that's your Mike Rushmore for wrestling. Yeah, they're the, they are the... F- the four that are most well quoted on the, the Mount Rushmore the wrestling. Mm. Some people throw Undertaker in there about there, but I'd throw Undertaker in. I think because you kind of got what you you kind of got parts of the era coming out there. You had Hogan obviously in the eighties boom who revolutionised wrestling. Uh, you had Austin who was the attitude era poster boy, uh, absolutely saved WWE in many people's eyes from going bust with the attitude era. And then you got the Rock who kind of for a wee bit he was in Austin's shadow, not Austin's shadow for say he was kind of. If he put him in any different era, with the Rock did completely. It's like the flip side of the flip side of the coin, as it were. Yeah. But when Austin was injured, Rock stepped up and he became. You've kind of forgot Austin was away for a point in time because Rock was that popular. That was something I seen online about. They said the attitude era was like having two Hogan's, and the fact that they had Rock just under Austin, it's something they should have now for the simple fact that when that big star got injured for so long, they'd a ready-made replacement. Mm-hmm. Like he got injured and Undertaker got injured. So they were the top heel and face. So Triple H and Rock were ready to step up, mm. and they were yeah. like, they basically took two thousand and made it their own. Yeah, you just don't see that anymore. It's mm. a shame. No, but that kind of moment Alan's talking about at the start of WrestleMania thirty. Obviously, we knew Hogan was going to be there. Mm-hmm. He, host- he, he was hosting. Yeah, he yeah. hosted. He did a Dave. We thought great. <laughs> <laughs> was that? Are you talking about his uh, his Silver Dome? Yeah, so he didn't get a good botch of mania. <laughs> Silver Dome, brother. <laughs> he, he corrected himself though, at least. I really hope he, he makes an appearance. Because yeah. I, I remember um, Weekend Sunday does the same thing. Yeah, I remember we. I remember we watched that WrestleMania in my house. There was like um, myself and a bunch of uh, others on the on the podcast. Uh, were you there, Quacko? 
Yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so us that, me, was, that was che- that was because Pizza Gate. Yeah, me, <laughs> me, Josh, Stacy, we were we all watched it mine, and basically when The Rock came out, everybody just jumped. You keep forgetting me when you talk. Oh about yeah, it. I was there as well. Wait. I was the first there. Oh, of course you were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I remember when we we were all sitting on the couch and we literally just. <laughs> it wasn't just Austin, you know, that we popped at. You know, I mean, R- Rock came out as well. We thought everybody just went off their nut. So yeah, I can. It was a, a really good moment. I was quite glad we actually got to see that moment because you had a very big issue getting it on the TV. I remember right, like your laptop kept going into screensaver mode. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> that was just a tech, couple of tech issues, but once I got it working, it was fine. But I kind of like that Alan's brought that up. It's not one of the ones I kind of thought of as a return unit, as for say, because obviously it's one of the ones you kind of feel like it's just part of the moment, you know, but obviously we hadn't seen Rock for it was a year. Austin hadn't been about for so long as well, you know. I think the, the Rock one, he had... He'd get injured less than five minutes into the Cena match, mm-hmm. and then it was a case of he never showed up the next night in Raw, so fans kind of soured on him, thinking he'd walked out in the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it came out like a couple of months later, like, no, I had to go get surgery, mm-hmm. and he hadn't made any appearances, hadn't been referenced at all, he, he hadn't been announced for WrestleMania 30, which Didn't was Didn't one of the fast forms get pushed back because of it? Yeah, no, it was a uh, uh, pain and gain. Pain and gain. Pain and gain and Hercules. He never done any press for pain and gain and Hercules get delayed. Hmm. I know that certainly stopped them coming back on like yeah. film yeah, studios and stuff a bit reluctant to let him go. That's why injury. That's why he's not going to be in the, the tag mm. match with Ronda because he, he was the one they wanted uh, obviously. It would have made, made sense. Mm. It made sense. Yeah. Mania 31 instead of uh, the, the one man firm cut the angle. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we've got rock fans and Austin fans. I think that's just a perfect moment. Yeah. And obviously the beer. Oh yeah, they all shared a beer at the end. That was like, you know, it's a combination of 30 years of WrestleMania all coming together as one, like each representing a different decade. I think it was a perfect moment yeah. for mm-hmm. that WrestleMania, because it was WrestleMania 30. Definitely, yeah. It was a milestone moment. I'm so happy that's been brought up. Again, it wasn't on my list, but I'm very happy Alan's brought that up. Yay. I hope that makes up for your loss of um, not doing the first rock moment. <laughs> it's always next week. <laughs> <laughs> Try it. Right, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Right, Dave. Yes. What have you got in store for us here? What's your first one? Well, sticking with the trend of WrestleMania, one I've got is from 2004, WrestleMania 20. It's featuring the return of the Deadman Undertaker, where he converted from the 2003 Survivor Series, where he went from American Badass, got buried alive, and then came back as Deadman Undertaker. Like, he was in a... He was going for a, a feud with Kane, and the promos started, like, straight from the Royal Rumble, where lights go out, the bell sounds, and there's just a lot of creepy stuff happens on Raw. Uh, he, he didn't make any sort of, like, appearance in person, mm. no, but he, the only time he came out was at Mania itself. And even on the, I think this was mentioned before on Best and Worst Mania shows, it was the, the promo for it, it was just like a picture of a cross and shadows, and Kane was on the other side. So then when Undertaker comes out with his hat and his big coat on, and all the druids carrying torches, and with Paul Bearer holding the urn, it was like... The dead man had been fully resurrected to his uh, to his prime, and he's been that way for the past 14, 13 years now. Yeah, no, spot on, David. You did do a wee botch in there. It was <laughs> it was actually on the streak episode we mentioned that, but you were close enough. You were close enough. You did think that was going to be that week anyway, so it's, it's about understandable <laughs> you got that mix up. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, it's um, <laughs> I stand by that as like is uh, one of the best Undertaker entrances ever. The fact oh, totally that, it was amazing, brilliant. But yeah, having the druids in the fire as well—it just it, it reminiscent of uh, I think it was Mania fourteen or thirteen, 
where he came 14, out. 14, yeah. 14, yeah. 14, yeah. yeah. I mean, now, I'll go to Nathan on this one. Nathan, you weren't obviously on the streak episode, so you, the rest is war, so we kind of talked about in detail there. What was your thoughts on Undertaker's return at WrestleMania 20, to face Kane, as they've described? I liked it because, although he was like, referred to as a dead man, it was kind of a hybrid between his American badass and his previous dead man gimmick, which I kind of liked. I also liked, I think it's this one where he's, it looks like he's levitating. Yeah, that was like the, the year after. Was that year after? Against Orton, right, yeah. Right, yeah. He, was just, he was just on this little platform and yeah, he was just floating out. I thought it was either one or two. Best thing. Oh, it was good. Very really good. Oh, it was done for Paul Bearer as well, I'm sure. The, the Paul Bearer return was, ah, was brilliant mm-hmm. as well. He didn't really... He kind of like thought Undertaker was going to be there, obviously, but then it was Paul Bearer. I was like, oh, God. It's brilliant. It was, it was JR's reaction as well to that. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's Paul Bearer. <laughs> yeah, King King's reaction as well. He was, his voice goes all high-pitched. It's like... It's him! It's here! <laughs> I love, J, uh, JR and King are always good for returns. Yeah. Because JR goes off his nut and then it's just a scream fade. I love from King, J- yeah. Yeah, I love King's scream. There's one that just what popped in my mind there. It's a fatal four way and Rey Mysterio comes out of nowhere, takes somebody out, and you just hear King just go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. I mean, under. T- under- we, c- we could probably do a show in itself on Undertaker Returns because he has made that many. Well, I think like what Dave was saying about how it was the full Dead Man resurrected because yeah. we got we got kind of used to the he goes he comes in at WrestleMania he goes away he comes back at SummerSlam that was sort of uh, the last five years before he went just WrestleMania mm-hmm. but like Dave was saying we hadn't seen him for so long mm. and that was the full Dead Man yeah because he'd obviously been the the American badass. Yeah, well, that that was the one I'd grew up with. I'd never yeah. seen. That was gimmick transition right there because you know some of the other comebacks in sort of later years where he came back at like Unforgiven 07 against Mark Henry or say uh, or like Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. He was still the dead man uh, going in and coming out. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, you know, it was like full. Um, it was going back to his roots in a way. Like yeah. he had, he was in the American badass for a few years, but then he basically flips all that round and he goes back to what he knows. He goes back to being. Um, spooky uh, right dead Fred sort of kind of guy I think it was needed at that time for The Undertaker because I think that the American Badass was kind of getting stale at that point in time 2003 wasn't a stellar year in the history of The Undertaker you, you, I think it's fair to say I mean come on he nearly had the team with Nathan Jones at Wrestlemania mm. boys, boys and he had that biker chain match as well against yeah. Lesnar probably least popular gimmick American Badass I'd say he was always hit and miss and look, look at we were talking about it the other day 2002 he had so many good matches and so many bad. He had a bad run of matches with The Undertaker. Then he had a classic match with Jeff Hardy. Undertaker and Undertaker? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Fake Undertaker came back for revenge. <laughs> <laughs> <That's not laughs> There's me box. Good save, I like it. Good, good, good save, though, I like it. <laughs> no, but he had a, a bad season of match. You know, if you said this in 98, 99, that Undertaker <laughs> had bad matches with Stone Cold that were mid-card that no one cared about. Mm-hmm. You know, but he had bad matches with Stone Cold. Then he had a great ma- he had a great match at WrestleMania with Ric Flair. Then he had a mm. classic match with Jeff, a horrible match with Triple H. Then a good yeah. match with Kurt and Rock at Vengeance. It's one of the up until it's one of the best Triple Threat matches of all time. Yeah. that and probably Benoit, Michaels, and yeah. Triple H. And he, he, it was like sort of up and down because he, he went Triple H awful. Then the Rock Kurt angle great, and then it was sort of I think it was Test at SummerSlam 2002. Yeah, and all of a sudden he was faced and he was fighting for America. And then, uh, he, then he fought Brock. Then he fought Brock. Uh, the Hell in a Cell with Brock that year. Right? That was brutal. That, that the was Hell in a Cell match. was great, but like they were saying, the biker chain match, Jesus Christ. Oh, <laughs> it was like Vince Russo was back. Yeah, it was just, it was, we've got Undertaker, tune in, it might be good. 
And then there was Buried Alive with... He's Buried Alive match with Vince. Mm -hmm. Wasn't exactly a classic, you know? But it was done for a reason, obviously, to lead to this comeback. And I think the whole spectacle of it... I like the fact that we talked about the kind of placement of the card at WrestleMania 20. This was the one that went second last. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like... you kind of It was building to that as well. Like Undertaker's going to come. Undertaker's coming back. It's only about six or seven minutes though. the match. Oh, it's, very, it's not one match. No, the it's, match itself <clears throat> is very forgettable. Especially yeah. when you compare it to their match at WrestleMania 14. Well, yeah. What I liked about it, it was sort of like Brock against Goldberg this year. It wasn't flashy. It wasn't 30 minutes. It wasn't, you know time limit draws and people getting exhausted it was a case of these are what these guys can do we'll give you five minutes of the best they can do five minutes full pelt that's uh, what yeah, it gave you yeah. yeah you'd rather that than just a, oops, we can get into this on our time triple yeah. h jesus christ yeah. i think it was i think it was fitting because uh kane had been on like six months worth of destruction you know going through the, the raw roster in various despicable manners, I think it's fair to say. And uh, I think Undertaker was a fitting guy to kind of put him in his place. He popped Shane McMahon's testicles. And yet Shane McMahon went on to have three children. Oh, we, I got, we mentioned this in one other show. I can't remember exactly. The best of Raw show we mentioned, I mean, <laughs> mentioned, I went through a bunch of things that he actually done <laughs> that time. It was like, okay, jeez. <clears throat> Shane McMahon has had three children with no testicles. That is a medical marvel. He'll be at WrestleMania with diverticulitis. <laughs> that would be a he'll miracle. He'll show, that would be a miracle. he'll show up with his drip coming out of the hospital. <laughs> drip into big black circles. But yeah, I love it. It's a great, great return, and uh, I think we may, we may get some more Undertaker ones as the show goes on. We may not, but that's a very fitting one to come up with, Dave. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Make it made up for your watches <coughs> last week with that return. Right now, we're on to myself here, and I think we're going to go away from WWE for this one, and I think we're going to go to one that occurred in 2014 in our own backyard. Yes, we're talking about the return of Drew Galloway to Scottish independent wrestling. We're talking about his return at the first Shug's house party at ICW, my first ICW show. Wow, amazing. Mm -hmm. Pretty much for anyone who's not a fan of ICW and listens to the show, uh, obviously it's just Glasgow wrestling promotion, of course, and uh, they ran their first show, first Shug's house party in the ABC, <laughs> and the the night com uh, finished off with Drew Galloway, who was an original ICW, when the actual was on the first show ever in Mary Hill. He returned at the end of the show, massive pop, crowd went mental, and said he was going to put ICW on the map. And I think he has put them on the map now, but guys, Dave's been to ICW once, so he's included in this conversation. I've been to a few shows, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Alan, are you an ICW fan? I'm an ICW fan. Don't get the chance to watch the shows, but I always keep up to date them. I was there for his first match after Shugs. You know, it was um, space balls in the garage. Yes, I against James Scott. James Scott. Yeah. <laughs> we, fat, we fat Taz. <laughs> I wonder if when he's last messaged the show and I wonder who read out his comments. <laughs> don't, don't start. <laughs> but yeah, no, I heard about Drew's comeback in ICW with uh, at Shugs that year. And I remember, I think it was a uh, best in the world, Chris Murray was saying to me, uh, look, you, need, you should come to this ICW show. It'll be your first one. Drew Galloway's going to be wrestling his first match back and you won't be disappointed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as an added bonus, I got to see Noam Dar for the first time as well. So that was pretty cool. But yeah... I think the first it, thing series with Joe Coffey. I think that night was. Oh uh, yeah, um, but yeah, Drew is definitely the uh, the epitome of ICW. Like yeah. his his Hall of Fame induction earlier this year. Basically, I don't think there's anybody else who could have got it. And but yeah, he, he you did exactly what he said he would do. He would he put ICW on the map. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, Ross, Nathan, what's your thoughts on this one? And Alan, obviously, but, of course. I think it was was not just a couple of weeks after he got released. Three, three weeks, something like that. So it was, it was really soon after he got it released was, by WWE. It was anyway. very, very soon. Yeah. Uh, Mark Dallas has said a good few times uh, uh, in interviews that he was the only guy who didn't contact 
Drew. Apparently, Drew was getting contacted by everybody. Yeah, Drew went to Dallas. Ah, he went to yeah, Dallas. He went original either, yeah. So it was very secretive. We saw it in the second uh, Fight Club documentary how uh, much a secret they had uh, for, to keep Drew from being seen. You know, he had to get bombing deliveries into his house. Yeah. He had to get people had to bring in rolls and juice into him and that type of things. You know, and his dad's house. You know, just random. I mean, his dad didn't even know he was going to be him. He's like, hi, dad. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been terrifying for his poor dad, Jesus. Drew's like six foot seven. <laughs> this thing with dyed black hair stood in front of you. Hello. What happened to your accent, son? <laughs> I love his American Scottish oh, accent. It's a weird Scottish Brooklyn accent now. He's, he's Gerard Butler accent. It yeah. reminds me. That's who it is, Gerard Butler. That's yeah. what he reminds me of. <laughs> Yeah, I want a roll and sausage, but it's heavy hoaching with grease, man. <laughs> <laughs> Was it Stephen Lutz who says he can't say? It, it doesn't. He can't say. Is it sausage he can't say? Aye. Was it calls it again? Uh, some, oh, something meat. Uh, oh, no, it was it was Renfrew on one of his show. He calls it a meat party. Yeah. <laughs> Aye, because they were they were talking about it uh, at a show with Colt Cabana because Colt they then seen the funny side, but they were trying to get Colt on the radio show. And they, Dallas and Renfrew were drunk, and they were just they sent they, they spent their twenty minutes with Colt Cabana talking about why do you think Drew, Gall- Drew Galloway calls it a meat party? <laughs> just poor Colt had no clue what they were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think it was good because obviously it was ICW at that point had had guys from the US come back like the likes of Rhino for a say mm-hmm. they'd come in and had great matches. But I think it was I think it was purely I think because Drew had just been released as Nathan said mm-hmm. it was that shock factor like he hadn't been anywhere. I mean, he could have went anywhere first, but he chose to come back home, and it was just that that was a great night of wrestling. I thought for as a my first show was at ICW, and obviously I'm still going to shows today, so I was obviously hooked on something, mm. you know. I I actually only seen the clip because you text me <laughs> at two in the morning. <laughs> Did I? You text me at two in the morning. Did you see Drew's back? And I'm like, was there a pay per view? Like, thinking WWE, like, there was, a, there was a pay-per-view. I'm like, I didn't even know he was gone. And then I went on. It was my brother later on the day. Went, yeah, he's back. There's a clip on YouTube, and it was even just watching it on YouTube. It's definitely. I can only imagine what it was like being there. Oh, it was absolutely brilliant. Was anybody else there? I wasn't there. No, not me. This was pre your fandom, wasn't it? That's yeah. what this show. Yeah. I mean, what do you think, Nick Quacko? Uh, Drew Return helped to do the ICW. Um, well, obviously quite a lot. Um, it's something that he was saying in his uh, Hall of Fame speech was everybody was phoning to see I want to get an ICW, mm. I want to get an ICW, and he said it's now got to a stage where they're saying no, you don't have to do it. We book you if you're worthy of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's such a great position to be in that everybody wants to be <clears throat> on ICW, uh, on ICW. And just look at the way he shot up the PWI, the Pro Wrestler Insider, or whatever it's called, rankings. I was top 10, wasn't he? No way. Uh, yep. He got, and that's the high, highest position he'd ever been at, and that was purely by touring around and also his work in ICW. So. I like the fact that he, he stayed, at, like, not just for one comeback and then maybe like a three month programme, it was nearly three years. Yeah, two years, I think it was. Yeah, two, two, two and a bit years, yeah. Yeah, he died because he showed back up at WrestleMania weekend this year. Uh, last, last year, year yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I, it was the fact that no matter where he was, he was always at the majority of the Fight Club tapings. He was always, you yeah. know, on the big specials, whether it be Newcastle, Liverpool, Glasgow, Edinburgh. You know, he was all over the shop. There was one where they all got stuck in traffic and he was the only one there. 
Him and, he was one of my guys. He had to hold up the, oh, the show yeah. himself for a good bit. I can't remember. <laughs> one yeah. of the ones down south. Yeah, the, the bus broke down or something. Aye, like, they had all the ring yeah. gear with them. Aye, and he was just there. He'd obviously, he got a flight yeah. directly in from America and he was holding the show up by himself. <laughs> True pro. I mean, his NXT return last year, as you say, well, that was quite shocking as well because nobody expected him to be there. My, my favourite moment of that was the fact that the guys that run WCPW didn't even know about he, he was going to WWE. <laughs> so they, they poor guys still had their title on him. He did a show for WCPW in Florida that day at 1pm and then then he showed up in the front row of NXT. Three guys were there and just kind of looked and went, oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. and that's the thing about when they get um, sort of people coming to NXT. You know, they don't just show up in the ring, you know, the unique selling point for them is they just have them sit in the front row like they mm-hmm. did the same with Bobby Roode oh, yeah, as well they Bobby did Roode, it with EC3 right, yeah. with uh, War Machine uh, I think that's quite a unique way of doing it and you know Drew was well known to the WWE fans anyway because of his uh, initial title run as the chosen one and then who could forget his time with 3MB <laughs> <laughs> and yeah but that that on its own is a, a good comeback as well when he arrived uh, on NXT as well like and he then he won the title from Bobby Roode I think what you were saying as well sorry but talking about comebacks I think a, a trope that's overused is someone that just charges the ring and takes somebody out mm. or someone that just appears on the entrance ramp like I think that like what you're saying NXT they just appear in the crowd which made Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish no we're just talking about debuts here but mm. that made that so much more impactful the fact mm. that Drew's return took place outside War Machine Ricochet you know EC3 they were all just like I were here we'll be here when we feel like it Mm-hmm. No, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish just it worked, it worked better with Drew because his was more like a comeback rather than a debut whereas Undisputed Era you know that was their first appearance so why not make an impact it yeah. made more sense for them to be booted like that but, but with Drew I felt him sitting in the front row of the crowd that made more sense such uh, a smarky look on his face as well wasn't it so <laughs> I, good uh, if you want to know more maybe about 3MB then there's a very good podcast on Anchor and iTunes, yes, it's us. Yes, we did an episode on Free MB, and you can get listen to it as well as all the historic episodes on iTunes and Anchor at Suplex Retweet. Right, that has been the first half of our greatest comebacks. Uh, stay tuned to us for the second half, where we'll be going through more of our best comebacks. Uh, we'll be talking a bit more about what the, what our listeners have said, what their best comebacks are, and also we'll be going into a bit more detail of what we're going to be doing next week. Yes, we're doing a lot, and it's going to be mega. But before that, we're going to, we are going to continue our streak of playing great promos in WrestleMania history. This is our latest one. Try and guess what it is. We'll be back in a moment. Cliched, but it's showcase of the immortals. Memories are made. It's taken on a whole life of its own. It's become mythical even before it happens. It is the grandest stage them all. Rock versus Cena, WrestleMania, once in a lifetime. Epic.
in this industry. They have a desire to be the best. They need success like they need air. A desire to be in the spotlight. And they will both put everything they have into getting that air. to win more. John Cena needs to win this match to validate that he is who he says he is. Brock has to prove to the entire world that he still has what it takes. These are two guys that are going to go out there and paint the ultimate masterpiece. I think it's gonna be one of the best matches that we've ever seen because it's destined to be that. Ladies and gentlemen, you're coming live from Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, on Shusha! Welcome back to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. I'm Stephen Wilson and I am joined by Nathan Fisher, David Hockney, Alan McLucas and Ross McLeod. Who's still taking his seat? <laughs> I was getting a biscuit. You could have been subtle. We could have. Nobody did have to know that, but you had to point that out because you're jealous at his champ. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I want my rematch. <laughs> yes, that... For those of you listening to that, that promo there, that was the one from John C- for John Cena and Rock. Once in a lifetime? Part one. Part one. <laughs> Thanks as well to Fun We Are Young who provided the music for that promo. I think that was the, that got that song big as well. That being in that promo. Yeah. What was it? Fun We Are Young was it was released that year and then yeah it was like song of the song of the summer essentially. Yeah, one of them. Well, I, well that and the Wanted. Glad you came. I think came out that year. <laughs> I can't believe you referenced the wanted on this yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to defend Dave. Here. I think that's an absolute tune. It was an absolute tune. Yeah. And I'm glad I came to eat, sleep, suplex, retweet while we're talking about best comeback. See, it's a segue. Yes, for yeah. <laughs> awesome segue. For anybody who's li- who's listening for the first time, we are on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at suplex retweet. Right before we move on to the discussion, I think it's good to kind of touch upon some of the comebacks that were mentioned by people before the show. We have been going mental on forums, groups, <laughs> all the above, <laughs> trying to get people's opinions on. What is their best comebacks? And we've got a few from some of our fans. Thank you for anybody who's provided it. We're going to start with a regular listener from the show, uh, Sarah. And panellists. And, and yes, you'll hear from her next week. We'll tell you about that later. Uh, she's went for one we may mention, John Cena at the Royal Rumble. And uh, Lionheart's return from his injury. She likes mm. that. She likes real life comebacks as opposed to just your normal yeah. comebacks. Which is a good one. Uh, I'm going the wrong way on my photos here. <laughs> <laughs> I am making a botch. Yeah, we've also got a Nick Simpson who says Shawn Michaels in 2002. 
And we've also had uh, some uh, Amy Baker, who said Seth Rollins at the Extreme Rules in 2016. Some of these we may touch upon in more detail, by the way, so <coughs> excuse me for going through them in a lot of quick detail. We've also had Daniel Walden, who said Goldberg's last run, apart from how it finished with Kevin Owens. Uh, Chris Davis is also, is also said the Hardy Boys. Are you alright there, Ross? <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to eat a biscuit quietly. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked up and saw Nathan's face. <laughs> uh, Paul Stevens said Sting. Various comebacks in time. Mm. Uh, we've also had people on Twitter as well. Uh, we think we had a Mr. Was it Mr. Cairns? Yeah, King Cairns, who said Kane in 2000 when he came out badass like a monster. Mm, and uh, Triple okay. H in 2002. Oh, after his quad injury. After his quad injury. That was a belter. That was uh, some... That, that was another one that wasn't announced ahead of time. That was just... He was so far ahead, you know, from injury. Mm-hmm. And it was so good. <laughs> We've also got Gregor, who says the great Kali <laughs> in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you, Gregor? <laughs> uh, I think... I don't... Is this the same person that said the next one, Ross? Uh, Greg, Greg Law? Is that the same person? Gregor Ray was the one... The great Cal- Sorry, I've got biscuit moment. <laughs> Gregor Ray was the great Cali. Greg Law is the next one you're going to read. Okay, and he they said when uh, Stone Cold came out during the invasion, even though there wasn't really much of a comeback, I'm not too sure, but he came so out. Stone Cold the Bold. <laughs> it's a comeback from the bar he was in. Have we got any other ones? Uh, we've got Jamie Mason who said Edge in 2010 at the Rumble. Oh, yeah. yeah. Regular panellists, yes. We've got Louise Westy, who also says John Cena at the 2008 Royal Rumble. Uh, Billy Strachan also says Shawn Michaels in 2002. What would Strack do? <laughs> Different Strack. What would Strack oh, do? <laughs> Different Strack, right? Different Strack. Don't give me that. Uh, we've got Fiona Mason, who jokingly says CM Punk in the year 3000. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously hope WWE's around for the year 3000. That would be... Mad, and hopefully I they can afford pyro again. <laughs> Why do you care? Like you're gonna be there. Busted will be here in the year three thousand. Not much has changed, but now the ring's underwater. Uh, who else we got? We've got David Fleming, who also says Triple H in two thousand and two is a very common one. A lot of people saying that one. Uh, we've got Sean Smith, who said Brian Christopher in two thousand and eleven. <laughs> I know Sean. I'll be having words with him after the show. <laughs> uh, what other ones have we got here? Uh, Stephen Louch, uh, regular panelist on the show, has said a few ones as well. He's got Triple H for two thousand and two as well. He's got Undertaker, American Badass. Says it really refreshed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goldberg as well, and HPK. Some popular ones in there. Um, who else have we got? We've got Chris Murray again saying Triple H, and again saying Shawn Michaels. A lot of ones in there. Uh, oh, also, I've I've just been sent one by the Bart Gunn and Cloud household. <laughs> <laughs> Scott McLeod says uh, Jer- Jericho in 08 and 16 for how he reinvented himself both times, mm-hmm. and Shawn Michaels in 2002, which seems to be a popular one. Yes, some good ones there. We're gonna thank you for everybody who's contributed and gave us some their comebacks. We're gonna go back around the panel in a wee minute and discuss some more. But first, I'm gonna hand over to the EP, who's gonna talk about some the effects of social media on comebacks. So, Kwaku, over to you. Yeah, um, I thought i raise it because it, it was quite interesting when we were going through brainstorming for this show and I thought i kind of raise up about the fact um, social media is playing quite a big part in some of these comebacks these days. And I was just looking to see from you guys if you think, as it is, do you think social media and, like, um, 
journalistic reports and so on, do you think they help the cause towards comebacks or do you think they rather hinder the reaction that is needed for them? I think it definitely heightens anticipation for the comeback. I think mm-hmm. what we saw with the hard days at WrestleMania, they obviously they're at the ring of honor show the night before and they kind of heightened up the expectancy for them to be at WrestleMania, I thought, but as the you know the reaction to them appearing shown, you know, it's still got the massive reaction that they that they wanted. Mm-hmm. Actually, at a point then I completely forgot. Although I did get a message there from Sarah Greaves saying Tommaso Ciampa actually used Twitter for his comeback to build anticipation. He only tweeted when it was Johnny Gargano related, and it built and built and built mm. to the point where, although it hinders a lot of things, Twitter that did help it. I suppose, yeah, I, I, I do see what she's saying there. It's like kind of used right. So, for example, in that mm-hmm. stage, would you say using um, WWE releasing the fact that Daniel Bryan was coming back beforehand? Does Do you think it worked in that instance? In that instance, yes, because I think people, they tend to be a bit casual with sort of watching WWE programming these days, SmackDown included. And I don't think the viewing figures would have had such a spike you know, had they n- not disclosed Brian that was com- that Brian was uh, cleared to wrestle, so mm-hmm. had they announced it beforehand, then they would know that people more people would want to tune in to see it. And it was the day before as well it came out, uh-huh. so I mean, perfect timing. I disagree. I would have liked to have seen it live on SmackDown because I think people would have tuned in because it would have been that quickly over social media. The buzz would have been electric. But why? But I think from WWE's perspective, I think they wanted people to try and watch the whole show to see what would transpire. Mm-hmm. Rather than, you know, say if it happened sort of halfway through the show, then that way they've missed like um, they've missed like half the show already and now all of a sudden there's this big announcement and now everybody's tuning over. Why not just capitalise on everybody watching the whole the whole show? Not necessarily if you think about the speed of social media, especially Twitter. You know, somebody if it goes live on Twitter, but it's usually viral within like minutes, few yeah. Minutes. So people aren't gonna miss that much of it. Yeah, see and, that's and if they're, if they're gonna record it or they can fact rewind it and mm. watch it again. But I think it would have been athletic, and I think SmackDown would have been the top show this week. No, see, that's the thing. I think overall, social media actually hinders comebacks a bit. Mm-hmm. Well, more often than not, but not that's not to say, like, you know, the way you discussed uh, Tommaso Ciampa's use of social media. That was that was really good. Mm-hmm. But say, for example, you know, if we're talking, say, The Rock's comeback, um, you know, the place popped because like no other because nobody was expecting it and I think that was around the time where WWE didn't use social media mm-hmm. as much and I don't think the fans were either so I think you know they were still using tout I tout yeah but yeah um, <laughs> what happened they were, to that? <laughs> they got rid of it I think it yeah, no, one, no one used it but yeah if the dirt sheets had picked up on that like, and all the, jur- the journalistic articles have picked up yeah The Rock's been seen backstage he's he's been expected to be announced then you think oh just ruin the surprise then same with like you know, but the way they handled the Hardys, that was good because you know they didn't bring them into the into the show until about after the show had started. Yeah. But there's a lot of things you know that kind of kills the buzz. You know, it's like what kind of matches will be announced, like who's going to be in particular matches or who's rumored to be. But that's because you get insiders going on backstage and you get reviews from Dave Meltzer, PW Insider, yeah, places like that. I think you know they break sometimes break the news too soon and it kind of it kind of dampens the hype a bit. Maybe that's why so many people are. Like tuning away from watching the See, live like, shows. Even on that, like last month, I saw a spoiler, a website spot, uh, basically put a spoiler on what's going to be the WrestleMania card, and it's accurate apart from two matches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, pretty much, it's it's 
it's, I would say it's eighty percent. Whatever, I don't. I'm not the stats guy. It's it's, it's <laughs> as good we, as accurate, apart from two matches. Although I think we knew, we all knew Lesnar Roman Reigns was coming about fourteen months in advance. So yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. the only exception. They announced, but, that, the, sorry, they announced on, that the day after uh, WrestleMania last year just said, "Oh, by the way, next year it's Lesnar Roman." Yeah. No, it's um, again with YouTube as well. That's um, I think that's how a lot of people tend to watch the shows nowadays. They tend to just watch small. Uh, snippets of it rather than people actually recording it on their TVs and then watching it later. Mm-hmm. So social media in that aspect, you know, they're getting so heavily involved with Facebook, YouTube, etc. and posting little snippets. It kind of it covers all the the key points, you know, they've got their top 10 moments every week and I think that kind of uh, lowers the buzz for, you know, people wanting to tune in and see all these great moments happen spontaneously. Right. Well, see on that, like I've got to just quick final points. The last time I I was genuinely surprised at a comeback was Shane McMahon returning on yeah. Raw mm, when yeah. Stephanie <laughs> was going to do the uh, the uh, McMahon family spe- acceptance speech. But see, with the Daniel Bryan thing, from the if you're going to talk about like I'm going to talk about like Sami Zayn and Kevin Steen as they were old school and regular order, I think the, way, the, the way they would have preferred <laughs> to have done it was they come out to Daniel Bryan and just attack him and everyone thinking that he's not medically cleared and then suddenly Daniel Bryan attacks them and it gets them proper heat. Yeah. I think that's the way they would have preferred to have done I it. Agree. And I agree. a lot of people would have bought into that. Some, something else I'd want to say about the Twitter comeback. It's not so much it's <clears throat> sorry, it's not so much it spoils it, it's the fact that so people certain aspects of Twitter delve into every wee detail. And it's sometimes you've no figured something out, and then all of a sudden it's like somebody's worked it out. Like, oh, actually, well, he mentioned this, and he used to team with this person, and then it's like, oh, actually, that makes sense. You know, now he's he's this person's mystery partner's going to be this guy, or oh, actually, yeah, he'll be back by this time because he referenced this. It's it's like people working things out for you that WWE haven't basically told you about. They've worked it out months in advance, and it's like when it actually happens, it should have been a surprise. But it's like, no, somebody worked it out for me. Somebody ruined it for me. Yeah, some, a lot of good debate there on that topic. And it's one that if we could, if we had all show, we could carry on with it. But anybody who's got any opinions on social media and internet, uh, how it's handled comebacks, give us a tweet at Suplex Retweet. Before we, again, quickly before we move on, a couple more people have uh, given their comebacks to us. Uh, Gary Morris, he said uh, Ricky Steamboat's comeback in 2009 from mm-hmm. WrestleMania 25, one that many people wouldn't think of. Yep. Kind of started the yeah, still got Jericho, it stuff. Yeah. Yep. Uh, David Armstrong is saying uh, Mikey Whiplash at one of the re- more recent Fear and Lovins when he was in the Sumerian Death Squad in the body oh, bag. Oh yeah, Brilliant. super yeah. one. I quite like that one as well. So that's so that's what some of our fans have said. Let's get back to our panel. Let's go back to Nathan. What have you got for us? Got something to choose from, but the one I'm going to choose I was genuinely shocked by, and that was Lesnar's return in April 2012 after Mania mm. 28. Oh, I don't watch UFC. I don't particularly like it. The only thing I do watch is when Kirkcaldy's own Stevie Ray is fighting. So I didn't really know about <laughs> I didn't really know about Lesnar's contract situation. Anything. Not even Paul Craig. Is that? Not even Paul Craig. Nah. What I, I like Paul Craig. What, what too, a win Paul Craig had recently. What a win. Yeah. <laughs> I'll root for all the Scottish guys. But, um, <laughs> but I, like I said, I didn't really watch like UFC like thoroughly to know his contract situation was. I know he did a deal appear for the video game, but I still didn't think he would come back. And then when you just heard that iconic first note of his music, just the pop, unreal. The only bad thing was that we saw Brock Lesnar guy and we see him every single time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only bad thing. 
from that night. He, that Brock Lesnar guy ruined AJ Styles John Cena. It was the first time Mr. TNA had met Mr. WWE and he sat in the front row pointing and fake oh, disbelief yeah. at Aye. both of them. And I just honestly... I wanted to throw a shoe at my telly just so I didn't have to see him. <laughs> so, yeah. They've got a habit of that, you know, just picking out really uh, mental fans in the crowd. You know, like, you see when yeah. New Day announced that, you know, there's a fatal four-way guy, people were just going like, what? Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, really? That's, yeah, just, but, that's just a bit over. Yeah, but he milks it, but we're not going to give him that the, public, the publicity he deserves. No, not yeah, deserves, not. he doesn't deserve on this show. Uh, so, yeah, the, the Brock Lesnar return... Uh, Came in 2012, as Nathan said. For him, did not familiar with it. Brock had been away yeah. for eight years from WrestleMania 20. A long time by wrestling. Yeah, Spanish. he'd been in New Japan wrestling. He'd been in the NFL, which that was his why he left and mm. flopped big time. He was obviously in UFC, where he became an even bigger star. So his comeback was major because it was headline news mm. because of his spell in the UFC. It was one that had been rumored for a few months yeah. mm-hmm. for a couple of reasons. One, his UFC contract. He, he announced his UFC contract was done he wasn't fighting for them anymore and there was also a certain stare down with a certain wrestler mm-hmm. a certain undead wrestler who we talked about earlier on The Undertaker Mr. Right Dead Fred <laughs> what gives you the right to call him the Right Dead Fred he is a legend <laughs> just try to make and you botch a quiz <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to stay quiet now <laughs> I've done it success <laughs> Oh, all kidding aside, Dave. Uh, yeah, it was a great. It was great because we had. It was kind of expected throughout the night. I think as well. Is it one yeah. of the big? Obviously, it's became the recent thing. The, the Raw after Mania returns. Mm. That's yeah. one of the biggest ones we've kind of seen. We had a few yeah. in earlier years, but it wasn't kind of referenced as a big thing. Mm. But that kind of started the whole trend of Raw after Mania as the place to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they had the whole yes chance going on all night as well in support of Brian's 18 yeah. second loss. Yeah. It was, a fa- it was a fantastic Raw that mm-hmm. night. I mean, Lesnar coming back kind of was the, the, the pinnacle of it, I say. I mean, it, it was helped by the fact that Big Match John was in the was the one in the ring yeah. mm-hmm. uh, crying over his loss. The to fact, yeah, it's fact he was calling out The Rock. Everyone expected The Rock to come out and then, obviously, Brock comes out. Brock comes out, yeah. Yeah, he, he referenced it as well, the chance, the, fa- the, chance, I, the fans were chanting, so yeah. I'm a bit bunged up here. We <laughs> want Brock. And he's like, interesting, I'd rather speak to The Rock Mm-hmm. And The Rock had been out earlier in the night and get the biggest pop of the night. And as soon as he said, "No, I want The Rock, not Brock," the fans were expecting Brock. They booed him mercilessly, yeah. and you know that broke my heart a wee bit. You know, but then all uh, the place went absolutely insane minus that one knob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I pointed to Nathan because of his point. I didn't mean Nathan. <laughs> I, I, like, I like Nathan. Glad you clarified. I, I like Nathan. He gets me him, but uh, uh, yeah, the. It was an absolute great, great result. I think Michael Cole summed it up best. The American Airlines arena has come unglued. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, they just absolutely lost it. Yeah, I've, I've criticised Cole before in the podcast, but he does come out with the occasional good line. The, similar to what Nathan, when Nathan talked about the Hardys, do you think they kind of, the first year anyway, they didn't handle Brock's return very well, or do you think it was well done? Yeah. It was almost, almost came off the rails since it started with the loss to Cena. Extreme rules, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Losing the first match back, it didn't really feel... Mm-hmm feel big you know I mean I don't think he really hit his stride until he broke the streak I think that was yeah, the big yeah. thing obviously See, if if he had come out swinging like that for in 2012 it, I think it would go down as probably the most dominating comeback ever mm-hmm. like had he done what he did to John Cena at SummerSlam if he did that at Extreme Rules that would be so much better than what happened to him what actually happened to him I think the thing as well they, they used it twice they used it 
when he, he lost to Cena, he quit, and then he came back and broke Triple H's arm. Twice. And twice, mm-hmm. and I think the second time he quit again, I think it was post-SummerSlam. If you knew Brock wasn't going to be around every week, you should have had him maybe interviewed after that Raw and shown it on the next week Raw and just say, right, I'll show up when I want, where I want, because that's kind of his gimmick now. Yeah. I'll show up when I want. That should have been his gimmick straight off the bat. Mm. He doesn't he? He'll show up maybe at a pay-per-view and ruin a crappy match. He'll show up eventually at SummerSlam and that'll be his first match. Probably the Cartman card. Yeah. I do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> In hindsight, though, there was a good there was a good thing to him not doing Suplex City until 2014. Uh, we might not have got our name. No, absolutely <laughs> yeah. not. I mean, imagine what if he just did like Shining Wizards or something? That'd be something. <laughs> the Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Shining Wizards. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Shining Wizards. <laughs> Why not? Shining Wizards. Well, it's just a running knee, isn't it? Not as a name for the podcast. Well. It might be a good podcast name. The Shining Wizards podcast. I, I honestly have a feeling that's going to be like a Lord of the Rings or a Dungeons and Dragons or Skyrim podcast somewhere in the world. On a, Shining Wizards. Skyrim. On, on, a brief, on, a brief, on a brief side note, on, on Twitter here, uh, Alberto's dream is trending and I had a brief worry that it was something to do with Del Rio. Then it was just a, I realised it was a horse, so we're alright. <laughs> that was a terrible comeback, talking about comebacks. Del oh. Rio's one. Oh, in 2003. Mm. That, that was another one. They didn't 2013, 13, yeah. They didn't capitalise on the pop. Oh, 2015, sorry. Yeah. 2015. Sorry. They, did, they didn't capitalise on the pop. Like, they just had, they had him fight with Seb Gold, Seb Cole oh. before they left. <laughs> sorry, I'm stumbling on my words here. <laughs> like Del Rio in an airport bar. Well, <laughs> 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 no, but there goes Del Rio Watch coming on the podcast. Right <laughs> <laughs> no, but they didn't capitalise it. They had him feud with some guy and then come back. And it was like in the middle of the the whole the, the political landscape is that now Donald Trump being quite racist towards Mexican people and all of a sudden <laughs> Donald Trump's best pal is putting a stable together when a right wing American and a, a proud Mexican join forces. Uh, yeah, I mean that that pairing just didn't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, because I remember like I think it was WrestleMania twenty nine that was the big feud for the World Heavyweight Championship. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. Zeb versus Swag oh no, sorry, Del Rio versus Swagger. Yeah, and Zeb versus Del uh, Zeb Ricardo. versus Zeb versus Mexico, yeah. <laughs> yeah but, but, but digression, digression. Also, for many people know, we've gave Ross extra responsibilities recently on the podcast. We might have to rescind that after those comments. <laughs> but we're going to go back now to Ross. Ross, what's your next one? Well, mine's actually one I don't think a lot of people have, for the simple fact it was the second half of this comeback. Because right. the start of it was absolutely dire. But Batista in 2014. Because mm. his, WrestleMania, his, his heel run from Elimination Chamber to WrestleMania was great. The main event of WrestleMania, you know, as much as we remember Daniel Bryan's big moment, we forget that Batista and Randy Orton are really good big match wrestlers. Mm -hmm. And then you had two absolutely crack matches with Evolution and The Shield. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people give Dave a lot of the flack for the 2014 Rumble win. In the space of three months, he put over Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins and... uh, Ambrose. Ambrose, I forgot his name now. Dave, I never knew you did that. I, hope, I think he was meaning big, uh, big Dave Batista. Of course, I know that. I'm just, I'm just, uh, a, I'm just enjoying. Yeah, I'm on a roll I, here. To be honest, for a second, I thought he was talking to me there. <laughs> big Dave done so well, and then he came back to help fund and host Eat Sleep. No, right, right between film, right between filming Bond and Avengers. No, but. Uh, I mean, that was the plan, though, for his comeback, though. It was a comeback, win the Royal Rumble, win the title at Mania, uh, promote Guardians of the Galaxy, tea, tea and coffee for everybody. Yeah, and it was the... <laughs> what? 
it was the sort. I think they had the the same idea with what they did with the Rock. The Rock had uh, it was GI Joe and uh, Snitch out in January and February when he won the title, and he attended those premieres and attended all the late night shows with the WWE title, mm-hmm. and. I think that was the same plan for him because Batista was going to be in all these late night shows. Mm-hmm. It was going to be a case of, right, we want that title everywhere. But obviously, the surge of Daniel Bryan was just Yeah, too much. I mean, the comeback, it was started at early 2014. Batista came back, yeah. uh, had an awkward kind of feud with the wheel. I thought it was very, yeah, very awkward. awkward, yeah. We're, we're mentioning him quite a bit tonight. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, uh, Alberto's dream. <laughs> <laughs> the. Uh, Three grand in Alberto's dream. <laughs> no, the, uh, the the first half of it was horrendous, but once we passed Elimination Chamber, and he had the sort of mini feud. I think it was it was Dolph Ziggler and somebody else. He had a sort of mini feud because they were like indie darling fan favourites. No, I think you get mixed up with Sheamus. No, no, he came back after WrestleMania 31, but he had he he fought uh, Ziggler in the episode of SmackDown, and it right. was I'm going to go through all your favourites, and he went through the sort of. He, he went through him, he went through Fandango, who was doing the... Yeah, the, the Fandango, Fandango I think he beat Brian on an episode of Raw as well. Uh, it was the... it was Oh, it was um, the one in Chicago where they were tweeting Hijack Raw. Yeah. And oh, yeah. during the authorities' promo, all they did was just boo loudly during whenever Triple H or Stephanie were talking. So, so he went he went through Ziggler Fandango... Ziggler Fandango's in the Darlings. Picture that in 2018. <laughs> no, but... Uh, he went through the two, he beat Daniel Bryan clean, everybody thought, well they'll put Daniel Bryan on the match but they won't give us it. He put over, he tapped out to Bryan, he put him over, he mm-hmm. took the pin two months in a row for Roman Reigns. You know, he, he I, I think it was a good comeback, the second half of the first half was a bit of a disaster. And we got Blue Tista. We got Blue, blue oh, Tista. Yeah. Why, why is Balor not called Blue Aller or something like that now? I think we've, because I, Blue uh, Aller isn't as catchy. Blue Baller, yeah. I think there's been a, thing, a few of them in Balor. I was saying that at the time, like, why is there no catch on? Yeah. <laughs> blues, blues Clubs or something. Blues, yeah, blues Batista, Blues Club. Batista just the good get, Blues Brothers. Blues Batista Brothers, just yeah. get criticised mercilessly for that return, but the second half of it, I thought, <laughs> for, for <laughs> mid-February to when he left in July, I thought it was yeah. absolutely crap. Yeah, I think he, I think they've, they've made memes of it as well, because Triple H and Randy Orton were both wearing black that night, mm-hmm. and they said, and the meme was like, Dave, you had one job. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, no, this, the dress code is black, not blue. I mean, theoretically speaking here, I mean, since then, Batista's became arguably one of the biggest <clears throat> Stars yeah. on the box office, you know, with Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it's been brilliant. If it wasn't for The Rock, I think he'd be the biggest yeah. wrestling success in Hollywood. Uh, could you imagine what the reaction would be if he was to come back now? I mean, he's talked about it, he wants to maybe come back. I mean, do you think it'd be a, a bit of a different reaction from the crowd now? Yeah. Probably, yeah. As long as he doesn't, like, win the Royal Rumble or hijack the main event of WrestleMania, we'll be fine. Well, I think he got cheered his first night, and then he got cheered. He, he was announced two weeks in a row as a, as like a vignette crowd were gone mental. Oh, he yeah. came back, yeah. he got absolutely one of the best reactions of 2014, pardon me, and then once he won the Rumble, it was a Yeah, that was, of, it was the Rumble was the tipping yeah, point. It was yeah. kind of it was kind of like Goldberg and The Rock when they beat the main stars, the part-time was beating the main stars for the title. Mm-hmm. That's when they started to get a bit of, no, yeah. actually, we're not sure about your comeback. He was one of two guys who got a, uh, got a bad, had a bad night at the Rumble that night. Obviously yeah. him, another one was Ray Mysterio. Oh, yeah. Poor Ray. Ray get booed because you're not Daniel Bryan. You'll never be him! Yeah. <laughs> Poten- the potential, actually, of Tommy Ray Mysterio of him versus Will Osprey and him versus Marty Skrull. End of his watch, yeah. Japan. Ooh. Ooh. Amazing. But yeah, that was a surprising one, Ross. Didn't think we were going to actually bring that one up. So yeah, thanks for that. We'll move on to the Big Dog! <laughs> big Dog! Big Dog!
<laughs> Alan, what have you got for us? I had a whole list, and then just while everyone was talking, one just came into my mind there. Triple H calling out Taker for WrestleMania 27, and not a single word was spoken. That is actually quite good. Yeah. That was came out, nobody knew Triple H was coming. Doing oh, that was, that was a kind yeah. of dub, that was a double return. It was a wasn't double it? Yeah, right. everybody was focusing on Taker, and that's what the exactly. promos were. Nobody knew Triple H was coming. He walks in, stares him down, and then just points at the WrestleMania. Doesn't even point, no, he just stares at oh, it. Sorry, I, I points it. And the next thing they both turn around, the fans will lose them up. Did Taker not do the, the hand gesture across the throat and then uh, Triple H did the DX? Yeah, yeah. Triple, uh, no, Taker kind of went to walk away and then he cross turned around yeah. and did that and then the cross, Aye, the cross chopped. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting because uh, you talked about the obviously the vignettes before it. They were originally meant to be for Sting, apparently. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And then Sting backed out the deal. Quite late on, and, and then they went to take. Then TNA did the same vignette to bring Sting back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all it was was just like a, a warehouse in the rain, and yeah, a date on the screen saying well, this is what's happening. Well, then. It was, well it was kind of like obviously, um, well, if Sting can't be there, who's the, who's the only guy really in WWE can really do it? And at that point, we didn't have Bray Wyatt, so Undertaker was the only guy who could do it. Uh, but yeah, as Alan said. Undertaker come back. It was like, oh yeah, he's came back. He's done that a couple of times. We're kind of expecting that, but the Triple H one out of nowhere because he hadn't been there since April of the year before when Sheamus yeah. took him out. That's right. Mm. Extreme Rules 2010. Yeah. Sheamus took him out, and then he made I think only one appearance, and that was at a, a live event, fan appreciation night or something. And this is when he was filming the Chaperone. <laughs> Great, <laughs> and the that, amazing, that amazing film featuring someone from Modern Family. Yeah, and uh, and the only time we saw him come back on screen was for that uh, that Undertaker promo. It was madness. I mean, you talk about these. Obviously, Sheamus got a really raw deal on that comeback because Triple H obviously put Sheamus over mm-hmm. when he left, and then he came back to this big fanfare, and then put Sheamus through a table, and Sheamus was buried. Mm-hmm. Well, he was King Sheamus at that point. He was King of the Ring that year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, we talked we talked with Quacko there about the shock factor. I mean, you think that shock factor helped that to be as big as it was? Obviously, Triple H was a big star, uh-huh. but uh-huh. the unexpected nature uh-huh. of it. Again, nine-month absence, you know, I think nobody saw it coming. That's what the best thing about mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. And the fact that everything was fo- everybody was focused on Taker, that they didn't pay attention to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think like what Dave was saying there basically summed up my point perfectly. Just the fact that it was... They'd won a similar one a couple of years later. It was uh, it was Miz, Miz and Jericho returned on the same night, and then Bray Wyatt took out both of them. So it was like, and he'd been away for a couple of weeks. So it was like a triple return. Mm-hmm. But obviously, this one is the more memorable one because it led to a classic Mania match. Yeah. Oh, the Mania match was brilliant. The best, easily the best match of that card at WrestleMania oh, 27. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really hard to kind of top that. And obviously, they had uh, the match the year later, end of an era. Such a great series. It was a diamond in the rough kind of match, you know. WrestleMania 27 wasn't very memorable as a whole, but that match sort of stood out amongst the rest. Mm. I mean, let's kind of talk, kind of, we've kind of mentioned, the fans have mentioned it too, as the listeners have mentioned too, Triple H's return in 2002. If we were to go in terms of comparison, I'll go around you all quickly. What was the better, the one, this one in 2011 or the one in 2002? I'll start with Gulak. <laughs> um, I don't know, it's kind of hard to say because, I mean, I think the Madison Square Garden one, the 2002 one, that pop was electric. Oh, the pop was brilliant. Yeah. Pop was so good. And, you know, Triple H was still full-on heel mode at the time, so he still sort of came back as a heel. And then he went on to win the Royal Rumble. So, and I think that's sort of what took him took off a bit more. But for the 2011 one, he was sort of there for... until about sort of middle of the, the punk program. And... Yeah, after that, he just sort of disappeared again, mm-hmm. right, and b- but was more incorporated into this the COO type so, role. 
on on screen character. So, so what one was better then? Probably the Madison Square Garden one, two thousand two, mm. but only just. Alan, you're gonna go with two thousand eleven or two thousand? I'm gonna go two thousand eleven. Mm. I just think two thousand two. There's always an expectation it's going to come back. Uh-huh. Whereas two thousand eleven, nobody's seen it. They thought he backstage now. CEO, he's not going to really be yeah. much mm. public appearance. No, definitely. Ross, I think because I watched. 2011 live I'm going to go with 2011 I've seen 2002 but I knew about it already yeah because like Raw was here on like a Saturday morning yeah that's mm. right yeah yeah and I I was watching the one Alan mentioned live and it was just such a focused on Undertaker and then just boom there's Triple H yeah great Nathan same reason as Ross yeah 2011 Kwaku mm. yeah. any thoughts both I don't know both both kind of and <laughs> 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 You put me on the spot here now. <laughs> come back to me, I'll tell you. We'll come back to you at the end of the show. That's <laughs> the one. We're gonna, I think you remember and judge him on that. But yeah, Alan. That has come back. Another one I didn't expect, Alan. Thank you very much for that one. Uh, Dave, we'll go back to you. What's your next one? Um, well, the ones I've got here, I think they've all been mentioned by our listeners as well. But one that I would like to pick up on, I think Sarah mentioned it before. It was John Cena at the 2008 Royal Rumble. Oh. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, at Madison Square Garden. He... Um, the the story behind that was it was just it was the week before No Mercy 2007, and he was in a match against Mr. Kennedy. Went for his usual arm hip toss kind of thing, but what he had he tore his pectoral muscle, mm-hmm. and Orton sort of tried to like he looked like he caused the injury with the RKO on the table. Uh, yeah, but then he was uh, announced that be he was going to be out for six to twelve months with that injury. Mm. He comes back at the Royal Rumble four months later, so he's like at least. Three, he's at least three to four months ahead of schedule, and nobody saw it coming. And this was a time, you know, social media wasn't a big thing. Like, you know, Facebook wasn't uh, as prominent as it is now. YouTube was only around for a couple of years, but WWE hadn't capitalized on all these platforms yet. So I think the sheer shock factor of Cena coming out at number 30 as well, of all the numbers, bearing in mind that Triple H came out at 29, and he eliminated six people by that point in the space of about a minute. And everybody was thinking, right, Triple H is going to win another one. And then all of a sudden, doo, 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 John Cena comes out. And uh, Alan Lloyd jo- Jones Jr. <laughs> <laughs> out, comes, out comes Alan Jones. <laughs> if, you, if you don't get that, listen to our last week's uh, quiz episode and you'll see why. Okay, so on John, on this John Cena return, uh, we kind of talked about shock factors again in the last one. I mean, this kind of cemented John Cena as the sup- Superman-type John Cena. The fact he was his freakish ability to come back from injuries so quickly. Joe Bridges, he's, hmm? he's an X-Man. <laughs> <laughs> he's Wolverine. Uh, yeah, but so yeah, I mean, the Royal Rumble. I mean, we kind of. Rep- the Royal Rumble's kind of a thing that you get uh, was all the big mm-hmm. moments now with the Royal like, Rumbles. Uh, I was going to say Edge's comeback as well, yeah. but yeah. Uh, I, think, I think Cena's was definitely the most shocking. I think Cena's was the first major one, just like, oh god, it's John Cena. Drop Edge's face through the whole story. Yeah. It's like jaw dropped and everything. See, the best thing about that is the whole arena, although they've been proper anti-Cena and you know, the two years before, they're going insane, except for one guy who's quite visible at the barrier who has a Triple H t-shirt on and quite frankly wants Triple H to win. And it, <laughs> honestly, go, go back and watch the closing sequence of that match. It's a wee baldy guy and he's absolutely gone off his nut. Every time Triple H nearly gets seen over, he's absolutely losing the plot. 
But no, it was it was it was brilliant. The fact I think it's probably still to this day the best reaction John Cena's ever got, and then he got booed mercilessly the minute he got in the ring. Yeah. It's like yeah, Cena. <laughs> Ooh, I think it was like I think they were like what Cena are you kidding like that kind of thing and then it's like oh my god he's back and then they kind of realize wait a minute this is John Cena <laughs> we're supposed to hate him there was one lit up for uh, the lead up to WrestleMania 32 when anti anti Roman Reigns was at its peak he was off TV for three weeks and he appealed the pop is deafening and then next minute it's like oh, oh, we're meant to hate him boo <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh, do you know why he was written off that, that week as well or he was written off for weeks. Oh, he had to have like, a nose job or something like that. <laughs> he broke, he broke his orbital bone, but everybody made it look like a nose job. No, I think it was a, I think it was a work because everybody like there was a, a clip that showed Byron Saxton pa- passing him like a little sachet of blood or something. <laughs> yeah, but do you know why I think that was? They were going through Chicago in one of those weeks that he was off. Yeah, it was Chicago, uh, Philly, and New York. Yeah, Chi- like, like very diehard fan crowds who were just torn up to shreds, and yeah. I don't think that I think they guessed that I thought it had been bad publicity. I'm gonna quickly. Be- Go over go this one for you. Quick opinion on it in terms of comebacks. Best ever Royal Rumble comeback. Nathan. Quick. Jericho 2013. Oh yeah. Ross. I was I couldn't even think of one there and then Nathan just summed yeah. it up what the the that or tied with a Shears glorious return of the hurricane. Alan. <laughs> oh, I think just for short fact, I'm gonna go this year for Mysterium. Ooh, mm, that was yeah. a good one. I didn't see that one. Yeah. On my list as well. Didn't see that one coming. That doesn't talk the hurricane though. Nah, you took the words. Oh. Right. Uh, I'm sorry. I love the hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> He's brilliant. <laughs> What's up with that? Yeah, no, I I have to agree with Alan as well. I think Rey Mysterio in the Royal Rumble was a huge, huge shock. But apart from if we since we've just discussed Cena, I think that's probably still my favourite. Mysterio is probably second favourite. Mm. Baba Ray Dudley. My favourite. That's my favourite. I like that one as well. I like Baba yeah, Dudley. that was a good one. Baba Ray Dudley. The crazy action was. Brilliant. It's the only good thing about that rumble. And that yeah. bring <laughs> and that brings us on to our final moment on the comebacks, which is mine. 2015. But no, no, uh, we're missing one great moment, great return in 2016. He went on to become champion last year. Uh, what's his name? Jinder Mahal. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I joke, I joke, I joke. The, the one I'm talking about is the year before 2015. The Dudley Boys on Raw after SummerSlam. Oh yeah, oh, yeah no, I watched I watched that sh- show live. I literally just jumped out my seat when I heard those. Uh, then I heard that theme and I saw the pyro happen I think whoa what's going on here and then music comes on wow Ross mentioned it earlier on the comeback overall was terrible they mucked them up so badly but yeah. this one moment yeah. was absolutely amazing I would recommend maybe not watching it back though How you so? can see when you watch it live and you're cheering and you're, you you kind of hear the commentary this was post uh, pre-Titus worldwide when he learnt to talk on a microphone <laughs> but Titus and Darren Young are on commentary Oh, they just not. butcher it like bring them on bring them on bring them all like it would have been more sense if he'd done the bark thing but it would have been more, more sense if he'd done Pancake Patterson <laughs> but honestly it's it's such a good comeback just marred by such bad commentary by the primetime players I'm glad Darren Young got fired <laughs> I mean, controversial. That that was that that was an amazing comeback. I've got a few ones here. I've got to quickly. Well, as we're coming towards the end of the show, there's a quick few ones I'm going to mention and get your opinions on them quickly. Uh, 
Hogan and the rest of the NWO oh, yeah, in two thousand. That was on my list. Yeah, that was on my list. Amazing. We got that great match. I think the one at WrestleMania thirty one as well. The NWO comeback to save Sting. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. DX that night as well. Yeah. yeah. No, um, that didn't make sense because Sting not against the NWO. Yeah, but for, the, for, match, for sheer nostalgia, it was amazing. Yeah. Come on. Nothing I mean, that match it's a greater good of WWE versus WCW. Yeah. I mean, right. Nathan mentioned this in pre-show. I probably on his list as well. We talked about X Pac. Oh yeah, nineteen ninety-eight, mm-hmm. just for what it meant to the company at that time, because mm-hmm. he was mm. such a statement that this he's came back to to screw over uh, WCW and joined DX was brilliant. Uh, Quacku mentioned this as well. Shane O'Mac mm-hmm. in twenty sixteen. Oh, yeah. twenty sixteen. Oh, I was, God, I was, I was a- watching Raw on delay because I was watching it at, when it aired, but I don't like watching the adverts. So I was about half an hour behind, and I got a text from one of my mates. Are you watching Raw? What? <laughs> no, why? What's up? He's like, text, text me when you get to it. Just text me when you get to it. <laughs> uh, another one we briefly touched upon in the show is in uh, the Ultimate Warrior's return at res- uh, mm-hmm. WrestleMania. With was it the same warrior? <sighs> That's like the conspiracy theories. Yeah, I was going to say years, like uh, Undertaker and Kane are the different person. Like, Why are you doing? The X Files team. Many of our listeners. No, X Files is. You're sounding like the ice cream van. I'll have a night tonight with Flake Girl Many many of our listeners mentioned this as well. Shawn Michaels in 2002. Was, was absolutely brilliant because he didn't think he'd be back and he was back. Uh, a couple of ones I've got here that was surprising, but just because how decent a run they had after it was good. Rikishi, nineteen ninety nine two thousand. Yeah. Oh, because obviously he'd been in the, so he'd been so many characters. <laughs> Fatu, the Sultan. Uh, we could technically count Kane in that one in nineteen ninety eight. If we're talking about that. Yeah. Because I was nineteen ninety seven. Sorry, all the comebacks he had. I thought Bossman ninety eight was quite decent because yeah. of how bad his first one was. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's return in two thousand. Got another one as well. There's so many. I mean, is there any ones quickly I've not mentioned just before? There's uh, Cactus Jack in 2000. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. So good. Just for the Amazing. matches with Triple H alone. Oh, that was like the first pay per view I saw was the Royal Rumble, so that was the first like, main event. Mm-hmm. Well, so you got to see match, Oh, <laughs> Lucky scarred. <dog>. Scarred. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, any other ones quickly? Gilbert. I've got one for a, a Rumble comeback. What's that? Sami Zayn's return to the main roster to take out Kevin Owens in 2016. Mm. Oh, yeah. Can we say Diesel at the Royal Rumbles bill just for Matt Stryker's reaction? I've, yeah, I've got that on my list. Booker and Diesel in 2011. Well, one just came to my mind. What's Book, that? Booker T at the 2011 Royal Rumble. Like, Rush, Ma- Rush literally just said that. You said Diesel. No, I said, I, I said Booker and then you, you, you can... <laughs> we, we mentioned Diesel. You light bulb kind of went on. I knew Booker was coming. I, I was already... Yeah, I was, in the, I was in the zone. I, 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 I just kind of went so, Book and then pulled back because I knew you were going to say Booker T. So, yeah... It's clear there's so many great comebacks I get talked to, but it's hard to get them through in 90 minutes. If anybody else has got any other ones, feel free to get them, get us to it on Twitter at Suplex Retweet. Quacky, we're going to push you on the Triple H answer now. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, 11. 11? Yes. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Brilliant. Right, so that has been our Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet best comebacks. Now, the moment you've all been waiting for, we've teased it throughout the show. If you are on our Facebook and Twitter over the weekend, you notice we have something special planned for next week here. Yes, we're going to be doing. Eight special podcasts here at Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet for WrestleMania week. 
Yes, we're going to do a succession of pods on the show. We're going to be doing a usual live one here next week where we'll be outlining the, the main title matches. So we're going to be talking about Brock and Reigns and Shinsuke and AJ. We're also going to be potentially talking about Cena Undertaker. It looks like it's going to happen. And a couple of other matches. Plus, we'll be getting some of the results from Dave's prediction sweepstakes. Yes, I'm running a sweepstake uh, for predictions. Uh, winner gets Ross's belt. Oh, indeed you do not. You your, belt's, your belt's on the line. No, no, you, you get a, a shot at Ross. It's a hardcore championship. It's the friend at the all-time. 24-7. Uh, yeah, you I, can't get it if I take it home with me. It's in my, it's my house. Scott, we, guard this with your life. It's my, it's my house. Exactly. It's We're my yard. damn house. We have, we have got uh, some, a show outlining some of the undercard matches. You're going to get that on the Monday. We've also got some special ones. First, on Tuesday, we'll be talking about Daniel Bryan's return. His match was announced officially last night, so it's happening. David's, David's will be hosting that, so mm-hmm. please bear with him. He's only on for half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> On the Thursday, we're going to be get talking about Ronda Rousey. So, yeah, Ronda Rousey. It's been mixed, re- mixed responses. We're going to talk about that in a bit more detail. Friday, we're talking about the best of the indies. So, all the other stuff that's going on at WrestleMania weekend. Saturday is the debut in the hosting chair of the EP. Kwaku Aji. We'll be talking about NXT TakeOver. Does that mean I actually get introduced properly because I'm hosting it? Yes, you do. Alright, unless <laughs> I forget to introduce myself. Not like Mania. Well, oh, I'm Drew Gulak. <laughs> <laughs> but that's gonna it's gonna kick off on Sunday, where Stephen Louch returns to host. Where we're gonna be talking about all the women's matches, bar Ronda, of course. We're gonna be talking about the historic women's battle royal, which had more controversy than anything because of trophies and names. We're not gonna talk about the trophy. <laughs> Can, we <laughs> Can we discuss the name <laughs> on Sunday's show? Right. Yes. So Ross, you'll be going on that show. You looking forward to that one? I am, yeah. Uh, <laughs> my first show on Eat Sleep Suplex Repeat was a Women's Revolution one, and I was absolutely horrendous on it, so I'm looking for a bit of redemption. You've came a long way, Ross. I'll give you that really one. Have. So that is that is there will not be live other than next week's Wednesday one, so to get that content, you need to subscribe to us on iTunes or Anchor, depending what you're on. So subscribe to that now, and you'll get all those special podcasts. So we'll, we'll see you on, or hear from us, sorry, on Sunday for the first of that, and we're back on live on Wednesday. But from the team at Suplex Retweet, I've been Stephen Wilson. I've been Nathan Fisher. I've been Ross McLeod. I've been Alan Lucas. David Hockney. And from myself and the EP, Kwaku Aji. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. We will see, hear from you on Sunday. Goodbye. This coming WrestleMania week, Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet brings you a series of special podcasts documenting all the goings on at Wrestlemania week from the matches to the wrestlers to Ronda Rousey and Daniel Bryan's return we have you covered here Suplex Retweet subscribe now on iTunes and Anchor to catch all this exclusive content yeah, we can have-